Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today, and I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. And today, I have Quentin Ravenel on the Unimpressed Podcast today. What up, what up, what up? Glad to be here. And I'm unimpressed that I haven't met Quentin before and realized there's so much talent in Charleston, South Carolina. Quentin is a drummer, um, musician, uh, traveled L.A., traveled around the world, playing his music. What's going on, man? Hanging out, man. Glad to be here. You know, I met you at the Wanderer. Well, tell me a little bit about, you know, a little bit about your your story. Now, you grew up here in Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in Charleston. Uh, My mom's a Baptist pastor. So I grew up playing drums in church from about four years old on up. You know, I can go back, you know, being in high school and having uh, kids asking me to beat on the desk while they while they rap, you know. So uh, I kind of followed music and drumming up until about 18. And then I started traveling and touring with different artists. Mom, a Baptist yeah. preacher. Yes, we, we say preacher. Is that what you say in the yeah, South? Preacher, yeah, Baptist yeah, preacher, preacher in the yeah. South. I mean, I should know that. I mean, I I was raised Baptist. There you go. You know, yeah, in so the South know. as well. So uh-huh. I know. So now, did you play in the church? And is that yeah. where you got your chops wet? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Every Sunday, every Bible study, every rehearsal, I was there. So I started out when I was twelve years old. So every Sunday up until now, I still play at church. First of all, where is your mom's church at? Uh, my mom's church is out in North Charleston. It's called uh, uh, Rama Baptist Church. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Little shout, shout out to Rama Baptist there Church. There you go. Out there. What's up, Mama? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I did uh, gospel concerts nice. actually for for Bishop Ronald Brown back wow. way back in the day. Wow. Bishop Ronald Brown going there and and see him with. My buddy was Kenny Carr. He yeah. came out of House of Prayer. Uh-huh. Uh, trombonist. I've known yeah. Kenny for a long, long time. And he got me into that gospel world. Yeah. And it's some of the, you know, some of the best music I heard. So what, you know, if you roll into church, your mom's church, what kind of music should we expect? Yeah, so my mom actually grew up under Ronald Brown as well. So, you know, my mom's a choir director, so you'll hear harmonies. You know, my mom taught me how to sing, you know, at a very early age. My mom really encouraged us to do music, you know, so she was her main. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Factor for me and my little brother doing music and touring. And what's that sound? You know, is Bishop a big deal? I didn't. I don't know. Is Bishop a big, big deal in uh, South Carolina? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's the reason why there's so many talented musicians and there's so many seeds from other people who grew up under Ronald Brown, you know, to kind of have that sound. And it's not just a normal sound, you know, it's a convicting sound. Yeah. You know, it's a sound that, you know, is, you know, Southern, you know, built with so much different layers there to uncover that, you know, uh, some people in the Baptist church call it the anointing. What a lot of people don't know, Bishop Ronald Brown's son is, is Mario Winans. That is correct. And that's how I hooked up with Mario Winans as well. Wow. Uh, yeah, I worked with Mario back in the day. And actually, Mario did a cameo on the uh, video, on the production that we did. Nice. And we went down to, uh, he, uh, Mario was in St. Pete Beach. Nice. When he was still with Puffy. Small world, I guess. That's right. Yeah, it is a small world. It's all <laughs> tied into the gospel. So, I mean, what does that look like in this day and time? I mean, because I think a lot of like creative and artistic yeah. has somewhat became pigeonholed or have been cut down a lot because when that was going on years ago, we used to deal with Central South, who was a big gospel uh, music distributor in Nashville. Okay. And now there's not that big of a market for it from what I understand. So what do you think the changes are and how do you, how do you come out of a church today? I'd say, I mean, nowadays for me, speaking for myself, is it's a lot more production going on, you know? So, you know, understanding production, understanding, you know, Ableton and understanding logic, which are, you know, computer programs to create music. So there's a lot of avenues that could be tapped into if you choose to actually, you know, learn and evolve, you know, it's like yesterday is yesterday, you know, things evolve, things change. I grew up in the age to where I was playing shows without any cameras at all. So now when I play, I got a camera phone in my face all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know many guys who I used to play with who, you know, can't take that. And they're like, I'm not playing shows anymore, you know, so. Yeah, so it's a tech world, right? So we're kind of in a pendulum shift yes right the pendulum is swinging if you're shooting a wide net artistically Mm -hmm. right as a musician you're a drummer yeah very talented drummer and you 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 come out and you say all right which direction do i go i mean how do i how do i fit my craft in this new world of tech limited scope mainstream right how do you survive in this type of environment i would say research you know do as much research as you can and see how you feel more natural. Do you feel natural in front of a camera? Do you feel natural, you know, maybe doing audio like a podcast, like we're kind of doing right now? Or do you feel more natural, you know, maybe writing, you know, blogs, you know, whatever it is out of those three, I feel like you would have to pick out of those three and, you know, choose one and go after it. What drives you internally as an artist? Uh, For me, I mean, it's just like the music. I love music, you know, I love drums. I love everything about rhythm. So for me specifically, I have no problems with, you know, setting up a camera and drumming because, I mean, I feel so natural doing that. How does a drummer become a solo artist, mm. especially? I mean, everything's against you. It's kind of like Kenny Carr, <laughs> yeah. right? Kenny yeah. Carr 
Yeah. He was probably, the dude did an album with horns. Right. And I've never seen that done before. That's very and true. He, and he killed it. Really good friends. I, and I don't even think I told you that. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a very close friend. His wife, Shireen King uh-huh. Carr, she did produce the Steve Harvey show. Wow. And now she's producing one of the like entertainment shows out there nice. in LA or whatever. Yeah. He, he had a problem as well because great album. Still, still timeless today, right? But he had nowhere to take it. What is your thought process on that today? Follow a business model. Everything in life has a business model. Starting with an idea that okay, you're good at making burgers, you know, and you say you want to be as big as McDonald's. There's a business model behind it that you can find on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, as simple as googling what is McDonald's business model. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd say follow a business model and stick with it. Does it mean anything to you to tour with a big act? There's a good in touring with artists because now you're networking and meeting other people that you may not meet if you don't tour with the artist. But it's also constraints because you can only do what the artist needs you to do. You can't, you're now stopping your own self. So it's like if you're a brand, you know, you have to brand yourself as well. I've seen contracts to where people say, if you post anything on Instagram with the audio, you're going to get sued, you yeah. know? So it's like kind of slowing yourself down. So I'd say, depending on the avenue that you want to go, I've had a good time touring with artists, but now it's like, I want to be my own brand and do my own thing now. Tell me what in your mind as a creative, what does that look like to you? Putting out music for sure, but building a team first and foremost. So I started out being a drummer and only being a drummer for other people. So now I have the Quentin Ravenel experience where I'm the drummer and lead singer. So like a Phil Collins or something like that, you know? So now it's about building my team. You know, I know I need a graphic designer. I'll need a videographer or someone who's good at editing videos. I may need an accountant. I definitely need a lawyer. You never really stood up on that soapbox about singing. When I thought about it, that adds a lot more flavor and interest. Absolutely. So what is that? How do you sing and drum? For me, uh, to be honest, you know, when I was 12 years old, my mom had me and my little brother, Stephen Freeman, shout out to my little brother out in Atlanta, uh, touring with Mary J. Blige right now. She had me and my little brother, you know, singing and drumming and uh, singing and playing keys at church every Sunday. Yeah. So every Sunday from 12 years old to like 18, when I moved out, you know, we were singing every Sunday. So it's almost a natural thing. But at the time, you know, I saw that drumming and drumline at the time with Nick Cannon Mm -hmm. was a very popular thing. So I only pursued drumming. Now, do you write your own music? Yes, I write my own music. Um, I produce my own music. I'm the setup man. I'm the booking agent. All of that. From the writing aspect, Mm -hmm. is there um, a message or story you like to have in your writing? I won't necessarily say that. I'm a very spontaneous person and like a... You know, so one day I might wake up with just like an 808, like, yeah. and you know, that's just trying to party. And one day I may wake up like feeling like, you know, down or whatever. So I may write a song about how I'm feeling there. Yeah. So I don't really have a process on like the emotions of my music. It's yeah. more so of a feeling. You have a very interesting last name, Thank you. right? And yeah. I, I've seen this name locally in Charleston, South Carolina. Tell me a little bit of the history of the Ravenel name. Yeah, so as far as I know, um, the Ravenel name comes from a slave owner, and uh, the slave owner gave all the Ravenels, uh, or all the slaves, 
the last name of Ravenel. Long and behold, fast forward today, you know, I'm now Cousin Ravenel still. I've seen some other Ravenels in Cravely. It seemed like the family's very creative family. Yeah. you know anything about that creativity or where that that might have came from at all? Mostly grandma and uh, my granddad, for sure. My granddad was actually one of the first ever uh, boy groups to be aired on Live 5 News. Um, well, the first black group to ever be aired on Live 5 News. Uh -huh. And my mom is also a singer. I mean, my grandma is also a singer as well. So my grandma and my granddad, that was how they met, was actually singing at a bar. When you compare Charleston to other places yeah. in the country, what's your thought process about that? I love Charleston. Charleston's got beaches. Charleston has shopping. Charleston has cultural stuff. I'm a big guy, so Charleston has great food. I love a little bit of everything about Charleston. There's no way to really compare it. You would have to like be here and see what it's like. I was in LA for five. Nice. I was in New York the past 12 and a half years. Okay. And I always knew I would come back here for some reason. It's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, and it's close, it's tight. And I, I was drawn here, you know, obviously with your mom being a preacher, some spirituality there and, and so forth. And so mm -hmm. I do think there's some special energy here that... Uh, I agree, yeah. I, I feel like there is some untapped energy and potential here. The things that was going on with the plantations and all of that, I feel like is fine, but I feel like we should also show the change and the growth as well in Charleston. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of black men doing a lot of great things in Charleston. There's a lot of great black women doing a lot of things really good in Charleston. So I think, you know, we should shed a light on that as well. Don't you think we put too much emphasis on the past? I totally do. 100%. Yes. You know what I mean? I think things yes. are, should be a little more simpler. I agree. Than, I agree. than I think we may make them. Community and society shouldn't put so much emphasis on things of the past. When you start recognizing things too much, then you make people think about a gospel or a style or a direction right. that kind of stops growth. Right, exactly. Yeah, that program. Back, yeah. Going back to those programs, you know, it's like if you want to keep a person down, you know, remind them of, you know, traumatic things. I try to stay far away from that stuff. I mean, not taking anything away from it. Everything that happened, happened. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's like, let's let's move forward, you know, let's yeah. move forward. You know, there's no longer any constraints, I feel like, on anyone, you know, color, yeah. creed, you know anything i believe you can do and be and have anything you want you know you don't have to uh, dress a certain way you don't have to look a certain way you don't have to have a certain color a certain height of girl yeah. or boy man female you can have it but it's about unprogramming yourself yeah from you know the nonsense and into charleston's defense i mean you got a lot of this old history yeah. in a in a concentrated area very true you know what i mean um, yes. So I guess it's a give and take, mm -hmm. but I think there can be less take and more give at some to some extent. Uh, and that's, I I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave that right there. Yeah. But <laughs> when you got out of high school, eighteen, mm -hmm. uh, where did you head? I uh, went to Detroit, Michigan, to uh, audition for Genuine and a guy named Carl Thomas. Really? Yeah. And what happened with that? I got the audition and uh, I started touring with. Uh, genuine when I was 18 years old. We did a tour until about 20 years old. 
I started touring with John Legend right after. Was mm-hmm. he from the South? Uh, I think he was from Philadelphia. Oh, if okay. I'm not yeah. Fia, he moved out to New York um, with actually Kanye West, Dame Dash. It's a very true story. I was once living with Dame Dash, uh, Kanye West, John Legend, Wiz Khalifa, and Currency in the same house on tour with those with those guys out in New York. Who was the craziest? Or do, do, I need, do I need to ask? Much love to Dame Dash. <laughs> because guess what? Kanye's crazy, but Dame Dash is a... He's a... Hey, Dame Dash is not no whack guy, man. Dame Dash knows what he wants, and he gets what he wants. Well, Kanye now is kind of dealing with some this mental health issue. Yeah. Did you yeah. see any of that in Kanye then? I did not, um, and I still don't, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think... Any billionaire is crazy. <laughs> Period. You know, I've I'm not saying I'm doing that well, but I mean I've done very well, you know, for yeah. my circumstances. And uh imagining having a billion dollars, you know, worth of ideas and things in my head, you'd probably call me crazy too. How long were you hanging with those guys? I'd say about two to three years. Yeah, we all stayed with Dame Dash and his uh and his like mansion place. We all wrote music down in the basement out in New York every single day, nonstop. There's so much unreleased music that Kanye West, John Legend, Wiz Khalifa have together. Really? That's still unreleased, yeah. How is Legend as a business person? John Legend was great, man. I mean, he worked hard. I'll say when I first met John Legend, he was all about music, all about learning the business side of it. He didn't want to just you know, be a performer. He wanted to understand the business side of it. He wanted to understand, you know, who do I need on my team? You know, and he was always big on a live band. So I respect that as well. So your position at that time, I mean, what were you doing for yourself? Yeah, uh, drumming, drumming. I had my own signature drumsticks uh, sold in music stores when I was 18. So that was kind of how I guess people started wanting to say like, who is this young kid? Because, you know, we know him because these other drummers are saying, oh, we use his drumsticks. Yeah. You know, and it was really more so of a thing of me searching the Internet. How do I have my own signature drumsticks, you know, sold in music stores? Uh-huh. You know, and I just emailed about six or seven companies and they won Los Cabos drumsticks out in Canada. Shout out to Los Cabos drumsticks. That was pretty much how I got started with touring with John Legend. Did you make any decisions during that time you would change after looking back? Yes. Being quiet, I was, you know, nervous. I was around all these people who I'm like, I could see in their face that they knew what they wanted. And I felt like I was just a drummer. So I needed to sit in the corner and wait to (laughs) be called upon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you just wish you grabbed the bull by the horn more. Absolutely. I wish I was asking all the questions saying, hey, maybe you need me on this track too. People don't realize it's timing. Absolutely. Those situations are timing. And then sometimes if you don't speak up for yourself, you never know. 100%. You don't know till you try. You don't know until you try. You miss every shot that you don't shoot. Yeah. So if you're listening out there and you're coming up, don't be afraid to ask. Ask a lot of questions. There are no dumb questions. Trust me. So when you stopped touring with John Legend, what direction did you head after that situation for a little while i still was touring with a lot of other artists um you know i would just get spot dates so i realized that i needed something that would you know not just be a random call but something that was more sturdy so i started looking into social media marketing 
And I started uh, learning how to do SEO and learning how to do like JavaScript and like, you know, uh, CSS to uh, get myself out there no, uh, more. You said, all right, creative space. I need to support myself. You go and you get into computers. Yes. But you're still drawn to the creative. Absolutely. So what uh, was there a struggle there? Yeah, there was. I mean, I was getting shows, but I wasn't getting enough shows. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on with the Internet and people were adapting to the new iPhone that just had come out. So I wanted to learn, you know, what was going on there. How do you manage that to get your art out there more? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, really, for me, it was just understanding that shows, you know, was my highlight reel. I get more people like saying, hey, do you remember me? You were at that. Sh uh, I was at your show on the beach and you threw the drumstick in the air and caught it or you twirled the drumsticks or you did this, or you did that. So I realized that that was my niche. I needed to play a lot of shows, but not only play shows, but know where the people love me at. I understood that it was on the beach, you know, like anywhere from, you know, Costa Rica to, you know, uh, the Bahamas, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, right here in Charleston on Folly. This is what I like. This is what I want to do. This is where I like to be. And I pursued that. Touring on your own. What does that look like? A lot of emails, more emails, more emails, band management, bass players, keyboard players, guitar players. That's how it looks. It's no fun, guys. It sucks. Just kidding. Just kidding. Those are jokes. <laughs> Those are jokes. In your setup, you put the drum drum set out front? Absolutely, yeah. The drums is in the middle. Yeah. And this is also a true story. Uh, Dame Dash once told me that when I was 16 years old, man, this is a drummer, Thomas Pridgen. You need to see when he plays with Mars Volta. He sets his drums up in the front and has the band in the back. That was really uh, my approach, was really setting up the drums in the middle and spotlighting the drums and having everybody else on the side for a change. Get on the side, guitar player. It's my turn. Do you have your band together now? Are you putting that together? What's going on with that? I have a band. Right now I'm doing... Uh, Working on my album that's going to be released this summer. I'm working with uh, me, my best friend, Charlie Kendall, who was a guitar player who went to Berkeley. Uh, I grew up with him out here in Mount Pleasant. Also, my little brother, Stephen Freeman, is going to be playing keys on my album. Where do you get that good sound at in Charleston? When you say good sound. That good sound, that good studio sound, that good oh, recording, where you get that good sound Oh, snap. At? See, you're going to get <laughs> me in trouble right now. Shout out to all the studios in Charleston. There's a great studio on every corner. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yep. Charleston Sound Studios is one of my favorite. Trufonic, I recorded a lot in Trufonic as well. And I recorded a lot in Charleston Sound. So those would be my two go-to. But there's a lot more. Charleston Sound out here in Mount Pleasant? That's right. Yeah, Jeff Hodges. Shout out Jeff Hodges. Jeff Hodges. Now, he does a lot of R&B in uh, Atlanta. Uh, yep, that's right. All the good musicians, you would think they're hiding, but they're not. You got to find them. There's a lot. And what's weird, too... Is there a lot of like writers here, like big country writers? Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of people from Nashville, a lot more country artists and, and acts here. CCMAS putting a bar, uh, an all music bar at Shim Creek. It's supposed to be opening this summer. Uh, I don't know. I just think the dynamic right now is shifting, you know, artistically. It's not just that band that would be singing blues in the corner right. town. Truth. You know, I yeah. think there's a lot more sound and different mm -hmm. types of sounds that are coming to the area. Truth. 
our business model in tech, we're a meta media partner, right? Yeah. And and we talk about Avery. You know, we we had this blueprint we created in mm-hmm. comedy, yeah. And now we're taking it to country music, and we could we could use it in any genre, but the uh-huh. the main key to that it first takes it takes talent first. Yes, let me say that first. Yes, but it takes the right authentic talent. Right. And let me explain why. It's kind of a reverse engineering process. Mm-hmm. I create an outline, mm-hmm. right? Help the artist timing, whether it be timing in a show, timing of their career in general. And I let them fill the gaps with their creativity. I never try to rewrite a way that they write their music, yeah. you know, sing their music, how they want to produce their music. I just mm-hmm. let it flow. Yeah. And, but you got to find that right artist to do That's that. That's very true. Because uh, that authenticity is very important. What yeah. I found out is if you can find that right artist, mm-hmm. you know, it's more relatable to the masses than something would be overproduced, overdone in industry. People know how to sell a face more so than talent now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just how I manage. That's that's my business model because if I can find that right artist and put them in that structure, Mm -hmm. right, I know how to be a mini label. I'm basically a mini label, Mm. right, you know, because I'm able to control the needle. Right. Right. So if I want to put me money here and I want to push it to this type of fan base, I can get people to look at it. Mm -hmm. And I know how to manipulate that and find the right people to listen, click and and build somebody. That's the difference. Right. Yeah. I I need to hear more about that for sure. Yeah. Off camera. Yeah. (laughs) So so from a tech standpoint, I think there's a lot of tools out there. Uh, that are not being utilized in the mainstream world. If I can take you as an artist, mm-hmm. go make a song, I can distribute that song, right. I can promote that song, right. I can book that act, I can sell my own tickets, mm-hmm. I can rent my own venue. Right. You know, Why do I need a label? <laughs> yeah. Right. But I will say this. This is where you need a label. When you, okay. get in, when you start playing with the big players, mm-hmm. the label has a lot to do with positioning. A big label has a lot to do with positioning and touring, mm-hmm. positioning and playlists, positioning with uh, radio, positioning yeah. with shows and so forth. So if you can utilize the tools that are out there now to get you to that 2%, right. be that mini label and then go up and do a deal. Mm-hmm. What's, In this day and time, that's the best case scenario. I agree. What, what's one of your favorite tools to use, would you say? With the marketing, I reverse engineer as well. Mm. You know, it's like I shoot a wide net. Uh-huh. I bring in data. Nice. All right. I read that data. And then along the way, we improve that data for who, whatever the sensitivities are for that you or that artist or so forth. Right. So it's really defining a sensitivity mm. uh, and what is attracted to what you're selling. Okay. Because whatever you sell has a sensitivity, right? And yes. however... You know, how however you can get to that pure sensitivity mm-hmm. to sell a product, yeah, that's the goal. And that's mm-hmm. what I do with marketing and social media. With Facebook, you know, as we improve the marketing based on the data, we do that each time until we get to a very fine place of what your fan, you know, exactly what your fan looks like. Right. So that's a little bit of a reverse engineering instead of 20 people in a room trying to predetermine what they think is best for you. Right. Because to me, social media is a casting call that's already been done. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. It does. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Kozma. And I am the interviewer. I just, I think I learned more in the past three minutes than I have in a couple of years. Ladies and gentlemen. Heck yeah. But you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's an interesting world. It is. It is. Yeah. You have kids, wife, family? No wife. I do have a kid. Yes. Miracle Ravenel. Hello, beautiful honey. How's the kid? Uh, she is now seven years old. As a very talented young lady, at about 6 p.m. every day, we have uh, you know, her concert that she does before dinner. So she loves it, yeah. Now, was Mom an uh, artist as well? Mom is a dancer, yeah. Mom is a choreographer. What is your mind like on a daily basis being, a, being an artist? Just, you know, like, you never want to give up. You never right. want to stop. What is, mm-hmm. What's your mindset on a daily? Really uh, understanding balance, you know, understanding... Uh, the importance of shutting the world out sometimes. Yeah. You know, and not staring at your phone all the time. And understanding the only way that you're going to get something done is when you put all the other stuff, all the other distractions aside and focus on the work, you know. Because it's all about the work. I was just telling one of uh, my young friends that I mentor, is like, uh, he's always sending me videos, right? And it's like, you're a producer, you know, not a consumer, you know, so it's like even understanding that, that I'm not a consumer, I'm a producer, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, I'd say that's really my day-to-day thing is, you know, putting more content out, uh, you know, finding the balance to take time to even take a deep breath, you know, because you saw something on social media, you're a failure at being an artist, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think we've created a more sensitive world? Absolutely, yeah. I think everybody's sensitive now. Yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, you could see one thing you don't like and then all of a sudden it will just like keep traveling, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of understanding that it's okay for a person to think the way they think. And it's also okay to literally just scroll up and go past it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to sit there and sit your life in that. That's an interesting perspective. Even though I make money off social media, (laughs) you know, it's a double-edged sword as well. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Truth. it is. And you talk about that swipe left mentality. I think people don't use their sensitivities enough. Mm, and I, I'll explain why. Because when you make things easy for a young person growing up to swipe left or swipe right. 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 And we have all these senses that we're supposed to be utilizing on a daily basis Truth. that we don't utilize. These young people get out in the world and something dramatic happens, or they think it's dramatic because right. they've never experienced it because it's, they've had easy decisions based on technology. True. They blow it out of proportion yeah. and make it bigger than it really is. We wonder why a lot of the young people are creating some scenarios out there that probably are not that bad That's if you're true. listening. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that 100%. Creatively, what should we expect on this album? A lot of good feel good music, not 808s that's going to put your uh, chakras all in out of whack, but you know, good music, you know, music that you can listen to on the beach, music that you can listen to with your family, you know, good music. So I feel Teddy Riley in you. Yeah, you're going to hear some R&B, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be some R&B meets some, it's going to be R&B meets, you know, some punk rock, I would say. Drums that are heavy, but not heavy, you know, it's almost like a Travis Barker if Travis Barker was my drummer and I'm the lead singer. You said you're a mentor. The first day you meet someone you're mentoring, what do you do? Tell them that they're not alone. And um, 
I was there as well. And, you know, here are some books that you can check out. One of my favorite books of all time is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, you know, Think and Grow Rich is a classic. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People is another classic. So I'd say those are the top three books to check out to kind of get your mindset shifted into manifestation mode. In manifestation, when you say manifestation, what do you mean by that? The power of the mind, you know, just understanding that, you know, you can visualize something long enough and manifest it. But you have to put the work in, but you have to know what the work is. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are saying they're putting in work and they probably are putting in work, but they're putting in work on something that they don't even know what they're what they want in return out of it. You know, they don't even know what they want out of it. So Mm -hmm. they're working, but they don't know what they're working towards. So I'd say manifestation starts when you write a plan, you read it every day, at least twice a day, morning when you wake up, night when you go to sleep, before you go to bed. And, you know, understand that if this is what you want to do, that every morning my intentions will be to, you know, focus on this and only this. Mm -hmm. So I believe that's what manifestation is. How do you get a young kid to do that when they come in and they're, they, they're I'm, hey, I can sing, I can write, I'm, I'm a talent. I mean, that's a good, actually, you know, that's a very smart approach, mm-hmm. very smart approach because, you know, you, sometimes you need to back that talent up yeah. because the talent can go hard and bore a hole in the wrong place. Exactly. So what do you, how do you get them to say, hey, read these books? You can do the research on it, you know. Any friend who's successful Well, most of my friends, I would say, who are successful have told me about those books without me even asking. So, I mean, I would say understanding that, you know, is, you know, the beginning of it, I would say. Mm -hmm. That books are known, you know, to help people, you know, and to change people's perspective, you know, on the way they see life. If you start mentoring a talent, you have them read these books and it's not really talent-based books, right? right? How do you get them to believe in that mm-hmm. and how to get them to implement that with their talent. Me personally, I would tell them this is what I've done and this is what changed my life. When I was in that same place that you're saying, this was the book that got me out of it. This mm-hmm. is the book that I still go to on chapter seven, whatever, you know, that reminds me of this is the reason why I'm doing this and this is the reason why this happens. You know, I feel like a lot of people don't even know anything about their brains, you know, and it's like, sounds funny, but it's like, it's, you know, so much books on talking about the reticular activation system, you know, talking about the cerebellum, you know, talking about, you know, the fight or flight mode. You know, a lot of times people are, especially musicians and artists nowadays. Most people are fight or flight. Absolutely. And it's all because they're mouth breathing, you know, or even shallow breathing, you know. So even understanding breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. Now, you said something earlier about chakras. What do you know about your chakras? Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to Costa Rica, you know, like I said, 2012. I played a festival called Envision Fest. So, you know, that was like a meditation festival, like a festival that talks about chakras and shamanic breathing and all that stuff, which I had no idea it was. So, you know, I kind of started going down the, for lack of better word, uh, words, the rabbit hole of understanding your chakras and, you know, shamanic breathing and, you know, different ways to breathe, you know, to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where it started. And what do you, th- have you done Reiki? I have had a... Young lady do Reiki on me. I have not learned it yet, though. What do you think about Reiki? I think that it's very powerful and it's a real thing for sure. 
I'm a, a Reiki practitioner. No way, are you? Yeah. See, there you go, right there. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There you go. I never knew I was. See, I was gonna say you like putting your hand over like people's chakras and like feeling yeah. or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't exactly know how how that works. How does it work? I got like energy coming out of my hand, the palm yeah. of my hands. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure that out as well. Yeah. So see, there you go. We got something in common there yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I mean I meditate every day as well. I feel like. There was an energy shift, you know, maybe with social media or I don't know, maybe the pandemic. I don't know. But I mean, I definitely felt the anxiety switch happen on a lot of people. You know, a lot of musician friends as well, you know, would just call me and be like, hey, man, we're playing a bar tonight, but I'm freaking out. And I'm like, are you breathing? You know, are you breathing properly? You know, like I had to do it myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to understand, like, why does it feel like I'm not breathing, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, because I didn't realize that when I talked, a lot of times I was holding my breath. Imagine. Is that just from being nervous and anxiety? I mean, just from what I've read and just, you know, this my little bit of studying I've done, I feel like a lot of things could be, you know, genetics, just from ancestral things of, you know, the traumatic experiences from things that you and I will never understand, you know, yeah. or even know about, you know. So we don't put enough value in ourselves. ourselves. Mm, very true. And that's a, I think that's a big deal. I agree. Because if you don't have a good foundation, what do you have? Nothing. And the pandemic thing, I think, you know, based on what I understand is mm-hmm. artists, or, you know, in mental health and whatever that makeup is, I think there was a certain amount of people who have been functioning a certain way their whole life. Right. Pandemic hit, and it shined a light on probably what they were able to cover up. Right. Right. And yep. that 20, 30 percent didn't know what to do. They're like, shit, I've been able to handle this right. my whole life. Now I can't. Mm-hmm. How do I handle it now? Right. Yeah. There's no more escapism now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where the avoidance comes in. I've avoided this my whole life. Right. Now I got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't hit it head on, mm-hmm. you ain't going to do shit about it. That's very true. I mean, so do you recommend therapy or would you recommend Reiki over therapy? I don't know. I'm a different animal because I, yeah. you know, I was depressed in my thirties. Okay. Didn't know where I was headed, mm-hmm. you know, artist, but business person dealt, right. you know, back and forth broke, mm-hmm. had money, lost money, yeah. broke. And then all of a sudden I just had to come to a self realization that, you know, if anything is going to happen for me, I got to do it. Right. Ain't nobody else going to do it for me. And that's 100%. That's what most people don't understand is that like, we're waiting for something to fall out of the sky even with Christianity, like, yeah, you know, I love it. You know, obviously that's my background, but, you know, it's like we have to understand that, you know, you know, we got to solve internal things. You know, we got to clear out some mind space sometimes, yeah. you know, clear out some of the negative self-talk, you know, clear out, you know, things that aren't, you know, supporting us, aren't helping us yeah. get to the next level. And I feel like a lot of times that does come from either A, Therapy or like a serious meditation, you know, practice. For a couple friends of mine, and they're they're my age, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like you still are such living your life in denial, mm-hmm. and don't even know who you are, right? And then want to argue about it, like that's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, if you want to be miserable the rest of your life, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta let that shit go. I agree. I mean, well. To a lot of people's defense, I feel like it's a lot easier said than done a lot of times. I feel like it just depends on the the traumatic thing the person might have gone through. We'll see. But, you know, I've had friends where, you know, 
they've lost like you know loved ones to gun violence and stuff like that and like just you know kind of never returned or just turned to alcohol now you know mm. so it's like how would you recommend getting them to see like hey man it's like this traumatic experience happened you know and now this is the result of you know your life kind of taking an avalanche approach you know it's not like you're a bad person or you did anything wrong or why me it's like that one scenario is the only thing we need to resolve in our in your head you know it's a choice right it's a choice mm -hmm. and what i would say is you know the best thing about life is life that's very true because if you don't have that if you wake up breathing right <laughs> you got another chance you, you know what i'm saying yeah, that's what i tell them <laughs> yeah. if you ain't here what mm -hmm. you, you ain't got shit <laughs> So you better get all you can while you're here. That's very true. I yeah. agree. There's a lot here still left that can be done here to help help the spirit world, probably. I agree. I agree. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's what I say. Well, I dig it, man. I feel like there may be something there right there where we need to start healing some of these musicians and actors and comedians, you know, to really free themselves, you know. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, honestly, before I discovered meditation and, you know, the hyperbaric chamber, you know, and cryotherapy. Yeah, plunge, yeah. cold plunge yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, man, like I wake up in the morning and take cold showers, you know. It was like all that stuff helped. But, you know, had I not done the research for myself, you know, then I would still probably be in that place where it's like, woe is me, why me, you know. Yeah. You know, I feel like there is a cure for it, for sure. Yeah, we are self-inflicting for some reason. Absolutely. But you know what? The other thing is, too, uh, Tina, the girl who taught me Reiki, said the other mm -hmm. day, she says, you know, anxiety is worrying about the future. Mm. You know? So that you have no control over. All right. You can only be in that present <laughs> moment. God, that's so deep, but it's very true. You yeah. know? And that summed it up pretty quick. Right. You know, you're worrying about the future that you have no control over. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like the imaging as well, too, you know, uh, a girl I used to uh, date back in the day would always be like, oh, I saw this trip on Instagram. We should do this. Or I saw this. Oh, my best friend's living her best life, and I'm here working. And it's like this was the day she planned on her calendar. You know, it just so happened to be this date that she's gone on vacation. It's not like she's not working and still having her day-to-day -day life. We have to, like, step back and look at the bigger picture, too, you know, to say that. This is just a day in a person's life. This is a day in your life, you know? Yeah. If you want to go on vacation, plan it and save $20 a week. Yeah. Until that date. Yeah. There you go, you know? So it's not that hard, you know? I feel like we should step back. The uh, commercialized and capitalized society. Exactly. That's all it is. And it's all hype. Right. And understand that these are just all people that are marketing you to spend money, you know, for their vacation spot or whatever just making more people money you know it's yeah like the best vacation you can have is in your mind you know that's the best vacation because any place can be your vacation spot and that's well thinking. that's that's what's brilliant about social media because everybody is me 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 exactly and social Very media true. knew that right they knew what they were tapping into mm -hmm. so if if your girlfriend or friend whoever sees their girlfriend they're they're thinking about themselves, but they also became the best salesperson for that exactly. tourism in that area, mm -hmm. and for this social media app because Very that's true. what the, you're they're, you're selling a facade, right? A you facade, know, exactly. You're selling a facade that yeah. is not tangible to you, but you're looking at it. Very true. 
make everything tangible to you and don't worry about anybody else. 100%. I used to tell my daughter this every day. I says, when I drop her off at school in New Jersey, I'd say, have confidence in yourself and don't worry about anybody else. That's right. Because everything is hype. Everything is hype, man. Yeah. Everything is my best sizzle reel video ever my best angle i was just talking to one of my buddies about this uh, like nowadays there's guys that will play an empty show and like will walk over to another bar where it's crowded i've seen this with my own two eyes too by the way and no hate on that at all but it's like you know come on you know it's all right you know so the guy left the place where he was playing an empty bar goes across the street where it's packed at takes a picture a selfie with himself and says great show tonight you know it's like <laughs> Come on, it's not that yeah. serious, you know. It's not that it's real. Ju- no, yeah. it's not. It's an illusion, you know. Yeah. It's all right, you know. It's yeah. one day. It's a lot more days to come, trust me. You don't get anywhere with shortcuts. Absolutely. It does not. nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Zero for you. And I feel like that's the best sales pitch too right now. Yeah. Want to become a millionaire? Here's three steps. Click the link in my bio. Yeah. And that person's not even a millionaire. Cuz you can find answers to anything in the foundation. It's very true. But you just got to dig deep enough. Right. To get there. Yeah, and be relentless. Be relentless. How yeah. bad do you want it? So we got the new album coming out mm-hmm. very, very soon. Some yeah. good music there. What's what's going to be the name of the album? Still thinking about it, but I'm thinking about Virgo. Virgo. So we'll see. Yeah. What does Virgo represent? That you? Yeah, I'm a Virgo. Um, Michael Jackson's a Virgo. You know, Virgos are very, very, very competitive, and, you know, we like things to be the right way. You know, so that's why this album has taken so long because I've redone it over and over and over and over again. How many songs? It's going to be nine songs. Nine songs. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, looking forward to that. Maybe we'll do a Heck music yeah. video. See, there it is. You heard it here first. I'm holding them, I'm holding them to that, ladies and gentlemen. You heard that, Matt? All right, like Matt's that. got I'd it. Like to, I'd like to see what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, let's do that. I'd be down for sure. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. You're amazing. You're the man. Yeah, and I love the the energy and love the history and love your story. And it's always good to kind of unpeel the onion and see what's up, you know. I agree. There's so much there's so much interesting people and, and talent in this area. It's just yeah. I think it's uh, like we talked, it's time to try to unveil some of that talent, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Bring it to the surface. Let the people know they're here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, Quentin Ravenel. Look for his album coming out very, very soon. I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.